0: This month's episode of the podcast focuses on finding connection through literature, where we have a chance to hear from two of our five Resource Center directors who partner to lead our school libraries and media resources. As you listen to this episode, you'll hear references to stories and books that have meant something to the individuals or connected others across a storyline or character. This winter season, many reconnect themselves with the cozy habit of curling up with a good book. Reading beloved stories to children or making time to see the latest movie version of a favorite book. Whether you are an introvert or extrovert, as humans, we crave connection with others and missed it terribly during the pandemic years. Books are a timeless bridge between each other, a way to step into another world, take on a new perspective, suspend disbelief, escape, and imagine. They can be an old familiar friend or an invitation into another time. Despite advances in technology, the written word remains a critical avenue to express emotion and link readers to each other. We hope you find that very connection in this episode of Winneka Voices. Hello and welcome to this episode of Winneka Voices. We will be talking about connection through literature and who better to invite to this episode of the podcast than Liz Delzell? RC Director at Auburn Woods. They're laughing. You can laugh. It's okay to laugh. I am being a little ridiculous. And Katie Nelson, RC Director at Washburn. I've invited them both to talk here today a little bit about how their spaces and books connect our staff and students. So before we get into it, introduce yourselves.
1: Okay. I'm Katie Nelson, as Kelly said, at Washburn. This is my 17th year in the district at Washburn.
2: Uh, and my name is Liz Delzell. I'm the school librarian at Hubbard Woods. Um, I've been a school librarian for 12 years, five of them here in Winetka. And I also had uh, six years in public libraries before coming to schools. And so um I like uh, I like thinking that I have a an interesting perspective because of that
0: time. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right, so I'm gonna take us back in time to a dark oh boy, a dark period, a dark chapter in our book, the pandemic. Oh. Perhaps you've heard of it because Starting with Liz, you and I found a little connection in the pandemic via Twitter. You did now known as X, <laughs> yes. which you know it's 140. What? How many characters is it? It's a,
2: it was 141, and it expanded
0: okay. prior to becoming X, but still counts as reading, right? Yes, Absolutely, right? you have to read All it. Reading. Okay, Things so enjoy. A time when we were desperate for connection. And I very much remember you mentioning if it was not on Twitter, it was somewhere else. It was on
2: Twitter, guaranteed. Okay. If during the pandemic.
0: Discovering about yourself that you were far more extroverted than you had really recognized pre pandemic and how much you craved connection with others. Yeah, and that that was where you were starving most. Yeah. And that really resonated with me because that was a huge realization for myself. Then through that connection, you and I started talking about a lot of other things. Mm -hmm. Discovered that our families are from a very small part of a tiny island on this world. We are very
2: likely cousins.
0: We probably are. (laughs) That our, you know, parents have names in our lineage. And what a cool discovery that we probably never would have. Maybe we would have. We would have gotten around to it, but probably not as quickly. Yeah. Yeah. So connection really means something. And it's maybe a little bit of a reach that it was Twitter. Yeah. But. I think that need to have you know a point of like a line between you and somebody else is a real need of teachers.
2: Oh, absolutely! Yeah, yeah. the the pandemic was incredibly isolating for everyone. Obviously, I mean that was the name of the game at the time. However, uh, um, for people who find their joy and fill their buckets with interactions with other people, it was especially isolating. And in the work that librarians do, it's which is constant interaction with all kinds of different folks who are interested in different things, have different needs. um, It it started, it was a, it was a major, uh, there's a major impact professionally as well. And so, yeah, I mean, I did find myself looking for all kinds of, of ways to connect with people. So um, I was definitely on Twitter uh, at the time and I I discovered TikTok at that time as well. You will not find me there. Uh, (laughs) There are no videos, but I am, I am always there, always watching. And I found, even that discovery has led to to connections with other people, you know, through things that you've seen there or understanding even what the kids are talking about yeah. because you're you're there too. Yeah. So absolutely, connection was um, it's incredible, incredibly important thing for all people, but definitely for extroverts like myself
0: for sure. Okay, and I feel so, oh sorry, I was gonna flip it. Maybe this is what you're gonna say, Katie. <laughs> Because yes, I am the introvert of the world. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't what I was going to say, but no. it's definitely the truth. I yes. was going to say like that's probably not the first thing that you were feeling a loss of. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I wanted to also make a link to. I think you and I had a kind of a funny, bizarre connection that just happened through conversation, right? In a smaller setting, not a public, you know, Twitter space. Um, where you mentioned a small town that you have a connection to, and I have a connection to, and that started a whole conversation between the two of us. And I just felt like, okay, that's a really interesting, two very different personalities, Mm -hmm. same job. Um, I would say same goal and how you're setting up your space and how you're making it inviting for staff and students. But the through line was. Um, the importance and the value in having a connection with others and what that, how that kind of feeds your soul as you're doing this work. Mm-hmm. So I interrupted you. What were you going to say? No, okay. I
1: was going to say, I think what we learned is you have a lot of reaches in your family. Oh, yeah. yes. <laughs> you're, 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 you're the common link. Yes. <laughs> we have but, a large family. Right, yeah. but other than that, I was going to say that well, um, during the pandemic and then beyond, we had to be really creative with how we connected with people. Mm. And even though I think Liz can do it with Um, a lot of different groups. Uh, For me, I really connect with kids in the library and staff members kind of on those one-on-one interactions. And to not be able to have that, you know, we had to figure out different ways to do it Um, because it is important no matter if you're an introvert or an extrovert, it's just going about it differently. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah, We did. We, we pivoted in a major way. One of the major components of the way that i build connection with students is in shared reading, like in Mm -hmm. read-alouds. And so one of my favorite i mean if you if you are gonna label it that way pandemic memory is um having all those faces on the screen and then seeing the the, the kids pulling in siblings mm. or um uh the best was uh, I was at the front door letting students in during that time where we were a split between a m and p m groups and um I was just holding the door open, and a parent rolled up uh with her child rolled on her window and was like. Mrs. Delzell, I love your show <laughs> Because at the time it really was like a radio like college show. show like yeah. I, would, I would we'd start uh, you know the, the the zoom would start, all the little faces would pop up. They had all the things they wanted to tell me. But I was also like working a switchboard, like <laughs> timing perfectly the mute so we could get to the next kid and and then but be, still being able to share that read aloud. And then knowing that it had even a farther reach at that time, mm-hmm. I mean if there if you could miss anything about the pandemic, which we really don't, it would be just being able to. To have that connection expand.
0: Yeah. And how much we all needed it. Mm -hmm. I mean, that mom needed it and she was getting it from you. Little did you know. (laughs) You know, watching on the side. It was fantastic. And also I think when you get to see, you know, siblings and get to know parents and get to know beyond the community, it also humanizes everybody too. Because Mm -hmm, for sure. From a distance, you could be, you know, Mrs. Delzell, but you know, you're also a hilarious human, which I'm pretty sure all of our kids know. <laughs> but I try really, really hard. Knowing a bit about you. And then Katie, I think I learned I learned a lot about you too, just in our connection. And then even, you know, how you were presenting some of the stuff that you were doing, like over the summer and some of your trips and some of the books that you're interested in. Like mm-hmm. I was able to learn a little bit about that too. I just think it makes us stronger when we have that little bit of background knowledge. So fast forward to today, mm-hmm. to your current spaces. Um, just give me for anybody that's not familiar with you know, your specific resource center. Tell me what the vibe is that you're going for in there and how students and staff have contributed to that.
1: I think that in the Washburn Resource Center, um, we try and create a library space that is um, multifaceted. Um, There are, I've intentionally kind of created different nooks and um, so that students can really get whatever they need. There's a big space for um, instruction, um, there are group spaces and then there are spaces where kids can kind of curl up if they need a little bit of individual, um, you know, time, uh, dirt throughout the day to kind of recharge or read a book. Um, and so it's just trying to make it welcome for everyone. And that's definitely something that we try and do through something as simple as a question of the day, every day in the morning, um, you know, on a whiteboard to just how, um, you know, uh, you know signage everything that we do we try and make uh, students feel welcome no mm-hmm. matter what yeah I the hubbard woods you know that's
2: that is the goal of the library there's a saying in our community in the library community that mm-hmm. the in schools especially that the library is the heart of the school uh-huh. and i think that that's what we're always striving for um the hubbard woods um resource center is uh it's it's impressive it's a building that was built in 1915 people come in and there's they, they no matter what state of chaos the library is in, they never fail to kind of Take kind of a deep breath and go, Oh my gosh, such a gorgeous space. We have arched windows with window seats and pillows that are, um, that our kids can, you know, climb up, curl up with a book. And, uh, we have, um, uh, the large instructional space, which was just renovated through a donation was from the PTO. We have, um, a kind of a half moon shaped desk situation there. And we have little tables and chairs that fit students' size. Prior to that, we'd had larger furniture and, um, the chairs even have little paw. Is, is that right? <laughs> yes, they have little paw prints that so are raccoons. <laughs> the that's raccoon so paw in the back is amazing. Little details like that. We also house um, what we call the Idea Lab and also the w- WGST Studio. We do our own uh, news recording every morning, and so that's just. Just off the main library space, we also house, um, you know, m- multiple adults in our space. Mm-hmm. So um, our mm-hmm. Billy Spicer, our technology integration specialist, is there. Miss Annie is our reading s- uh, specialist; she's up there. Uh, Hannah uh, Haller is up there, um, our SEL coach, and they're all kind of home base in there. So there's a lot of activity in the space. It always feels alive and mm-hmm. and moving, and I love that about it. So mm-hmm. it's it's uh, I think we're I think it's doing its job for sure. <laughs> yeah,
0: I like that you. Mention that it's referred to as the heart of the school because I do think that's super common. And actually, in most schools, the library is literally in the center of the school. Mm-hmm. Right. Even new builds put that in the middle because it's really meant to be accessible to all and kind of like the target that everybody is aiming for. You think about when we, you know, are looking for spaces to host an event. It's often the RC, not only because it's we have other large spaces. But there's just this like homey inviting feel to, you know, a school library. That yeah. That's a safe space to I go. know that
2: the other librarians in the district. Um, you have Mindy Manic is over at Crow Island. They're gonna have a, a, a renovation of that space, which mm-hmm. is so exciting for them. And Brenda Glenn is at um is Crittin. at Greeley and, and her space is also big, bright, airy. Um and Todd over Todd Burleson over at um Skokie has done a lot of work in his space to yeah to to make it super inviting as well there i don't think there's a library in our district that you wouldn't walk into and immediately feel like there was some place you'd like to go investigate or sit down in it's just they yeah we've got we've definitely have some beautiful spaces across the district
0: yeah we're very fortunate Mm -hmm. so okay so that's the environment so once you set up the environment it's warm it's cozy you've got all these options for seating and connecting um but it's also home for books. Mm-hmm. For a, a yes, lot, a lot of books. Yes. So, how are you seeing, especially now post pandemic, how are you seeing that space utilized? Because I think, you know, I've referred to it in just this short period of talking as the resource center and yeah. the library, right? It's also a lot of other things to everyone that uses it. How are you seeing that space utilized? Well, I'm glad that you brought up the the, the title of a resource center this is a conversation we've had yeah. as a group
2: of colleagues. So. Um, yes, we are resource center directors. We direct a large space with multiple functions. So, mm-hmm. as I mentioned at, at Hubbard Wood specifically, you have the resource center uh, includes both the library space, um, several offices, and it also includes the Idea Lab um, and WGST Studio. But I do the majority of my work in the library, and so and the library is where the books are housed. The library is probably the largest footprint in the resource center, mm-hmm. and um, I think that's an, that's an important distinction. So I'm glad that you
0: you, you brought that up. So how are you seeing kids and and staff utilize that space on a daily basis? And I I know it's a wide range. I mean, just even yesterday I was in your space, Katie, and, you know, just stepping my foot inside, saw like three different versions of how this space can be used. Yeah, I think it's different every day. So it's hard to
1: say, um, you know, one specific thing that's happening, but you're right. There's um, always a lot of different things going on from, again, from instruction to kids looking for books um, and, you know, teachers asking questions or um, trying to, you know, talk about some curriculum things. So it really is dynamic and. Cause your schedule is dynamic too, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. right, I'm really lucky to have a, a flexible schedule that allows me to both Take my show on the road into classrooms. <laughs> yeah, it's not it's always best. well. It is a show, I guess it sometimes. Yeah, um, but also to um, house different groups in the library as well. Yeah, we uh, as a result of the
2: time that we spent in the pandemic, where we had an opportunity to pause and reflect, the uh, elementary librarians now work with what we would probably refer to as a hybrid flex schedule. So we still we see every student in our building. For 30 minutes a week, Mm -hmm. Um, but it opens up the schedule to, like Katie said, take the show on the road or allow the space itself to be more flexible. So if you were to walk into Hubbard Woods, you might find me with an entire class. You might find uh, classes cycling out, doing their weekly checkout, which is at a separate time in my schedule. Um, You might find a group of adults that are learning together in Mm -hmm. a space. Um, There's people that, you know, it's a quiet space sometimes where people have to be on a Zoom call. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so... Um, it, it is, it's multifaceted, uh, and it's purpose and, um, and that's part of what I love about it is.
0: Well, and it's, it's everybody's, right? Yeah, like it belongs mm-hmm. to are you're, you're the, the yeah, you're the steward of the space mm-hmm. and you're a resource to everybody. I think that's a really important point is just saying, you know, yeah, we, we have like a quote unquote class time where, you know, a, a group mm-hmm. may come in and see us. But then you also have a majority of your day where you're serving as a resource to staff and students in whatever capacity they need, supporting their curricular experience through the day, which is huge. Yeah, that
2: was the, that was the conversation we had, too. Like, it was, it, we, The librarians have the opportunity to meet together in, um, on a Zoom once a week in a, for an hour, which is a fantastic. Great. It's fantastic because otherwise you're a lone wolf in your space. But when you're talking about like those curricular connections, I remember that we were talking to uh, Todd Burleson over at... Skokie, And he was talking about PBL experiences that are, are going on mm-hmm. there. And he's engaged in his own work around um, creating a news network for Skokie. It, uh, I think it's uh, SNN, the yep. Skokie News Network, mm-hmm. and talking about how he's supporting the research. And, and obviously, uh, Todd had a lot to do with the development of the WGST at Hubbard Woods as well. So going in and, and and like expanding on that, helping the kids do the research, do the writing. But then he also talked about how he gets to play a role in the work of his colleagues because he's a resource in that mm-hmm. way. And I could totally connect to that. Like I'm sure that happens at Washburn, where you're bringing in resources and and um, ideas when you're working with staff.
1: Yeah, there's it's really great to be able to start with a staff member who has a like a little idea of something to do for a unit, and then to kind of work with them and you know, build on it and make a project that's really meaningful for students and something that they remember.
2: Right. And, that. And, and then uh, the, that, that we are also charged with in, in certain ways, supplementing the curriculum. Because if we know about what's being studied and across grade levels, then we know, for instance, that we have to bulk up. I'm thinking like my animal collection mm-hmm. in, uh, in the elementary level, we know that animals are studied in second grade and third grade and fourth grade in in different capacities as and biome so you need you need your biome books you need your arctic animals you need your you know and kids are so we want to meet them where they're at in terms of what they're thinking right. so did i have axolotl books four years ago i did not <laughs> do i have an extensive axolotl collection now i certainly do you know and to have that flexibility uh to to grow with them is it's
1: is pretty neat too but I think it always goes back to kind of what your um, opening question was or opening comment is it's about the connection. It's about making relationships um, or building relationships with teachers, with students. Um, I think that so much grows from that. And it's really important.
2: Your best work is going to be with, with students and with um with staff that you have made the effort to to connect with, because there's a comfort level there, and you you come to top of mind, or they come to top of mind, because you know that they're obsessed with axolotls. So now you, when you get that new book, <laughs> mm-hmm. you're going to go and look for that that student. And say, you know, look what I got. That is that's an actual experience I've had. Um, the ch- of what the student came in looking for the book. I didn't have anything. I went looking on the book and just like the reaction is just it's so gratifying oh there is nothing better
1: right right
2: (laughs) (laughs) I mean to a book comes in and you know that a kid's reading that series or you know that they've read something else and this is exactly up their alley it's so fun to make that connection and let them know that you know them
0: like that Mm -hmm. Yeah, Right. It's like a, it's almost like you've discovered something personal about Mm -hmm. them that they then feel like, oh, she knows me. Mm -hmm. She gets me. And I think, you know, if you're representing the heart of the school, then you also have to be accessible to everybody and approachable. And if we're, you know, if just amongst the three of us, we've got three different personalities and three different ways of you know, drawing energy from an experience you've got a school full of hundreds of kids and staff. The same is going to be true right. What do you think is like the the i don't know neutralizing element of books that makes it so that this is a way for a group of students with a wide range of ability and need to be able to connect over or staff or friends or family like what is it about um literature that you think is able to do that and i'll add on another layer i feel like there was this debate for a while like when the kindle was introduced mm-hmm. there was this fear that like the print book was going <laughs> to die
2: i always was like oh i remember somebody saying something like that like oh the kindle's going to come out and now they're just going to put everything onto the kindle and yeah you won't need to you won't need the, libra- you won't are need you the library are you worried about your job yeah, and yeah. i think it was like well oh. i know that they have like like mechanical fire extinguishers but i think i'm still interested in having a fireman show up if yeah. something you know, there's, <laughs> right. there's a human element. Right. right. you can ask, you can meet a need, yeah. but there's, but that's the human element of meeting that need as well. So I know, nev- I mean, I, I love that you, you know, that question <laughs> that somebody asked you, you were scared about your job when a Kindle came in. I'm like, no, this is exciting. Yeah. We don't fear different types of reading. Like, mm-hmm. um, you, uh, we encourage it. And we also know from research that's come out since that, that the different types of reading engage different, skills in different areas of the brain, even. So, um, but I think getting back to your question that it's, it's the power of story, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and also helping children discover the joy of reading whenever that happens to happen. It might happen when they're, it might happen for some kids when they're really young in picture books and things. But we also know that there are kids that where it takes a lot longer to get to stories that really speak to them or
1: grab their interest. Right. I, I don't know if you ever consider yourself this, but I think of myself sometimes as a matchmaker Mm -hmm. um, and I'm just trying to match the student with a book that connects with them. Um, You know, Sometimes our students, they come in and they're like, I'm not a reader, I hate reading. And I always turn that into, well, you haven't found the right book yet. That's exactly right. Um, Because I think that there is such a power in connecting with a story that way. And it's definitely a goal of mine to make sure every student feels that. And when you when you see it, again, we talked about it before, but when you see them come in and they're like, "Oh my gosh, I actually really love that book. <laughs> Do you have anything like that?" And there suddenly it just it flips a switch, and you know, they can consider themselves readers. right. Um, and also too, it's been interesting since the pandemic, you know, sometimes reading has gone down. I don't know if students are always reading as much mm-hmm. as they they have been, but a unique thing um, that I hadn't seen prior to um, the pandemic is students are starting to read more together, just mm. kind of on their own. It's an informal thing when they come in, um, they come in with a friend and they're like, do you have two copies of this? Yes. We want to read we together. See that too. We
2: call that partner reading. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's it, oh, go ahead. No, we absolutely see that too. I love that it's still happening as they get older. It's, mm-hmm. it's cool because when, it, it, yeah. So if you ever walk into a library and wonder why there's multiple copies, um, one, it, obviously it's meeting demand, but for us, even leaving those copies on the shelf is because you do regularly
1: get that question. Mm-hmm. I have students that come in at lunch and there's a girl and she wanted to be part of, they are starting a Percy Jackson club. Nice. Just, and um, nice. they have a, a text chain that they're they're doing or a group. <laughs> yes. And she's like, I have to finish this book before they'll let me in and give me their number. <laughs> oh my. <hi. laughs> it's exclusive. Yes. yes. That but, is amazing. But they, um, I'm like, well, what do you, what do you expect that you're going to do in this? And she said that we're going to talk about the books. And um, I, they don't. They're worried that they'll spoil something for me, so I have to get to this point.
0: Okay. And uh, that is a
1: cool thing that's happening in I know at
2: Skokie and at Washburn is the there are formal book clubs that mm-hmm. kids belong to, and and pe- these we have kids that are giving up their lunch periods to be a part of these conversation. It does. There is something. There's something immediately like lights up in you lights up in me when we yeah. realize we've read the same book totally and we feel the same way about it and and there's somebody to talk to about it it's 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 not any different than your favorite show or your favorite movie and you yeah. get that same kind of reaction and, and we are hunting for those people who see us and understand us and connect with us and it's such an easy point of connection yeah which is like one of the reasons that I think read aloud is so very important. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know it happens in different spaces. uh, And I love that it happens in the library and it happens in the classroom. and It happens in a kindergarten room and it happens in the eighth grade classrooms as well, because this is now on a larger scale, a shared story. And, um, and then when, when you're doing it in an elementary school and you're going across grade levels with one story, so now the classrooms are connected Mm -hmm. with, with it. I think, I think that's fantastic. I, I really love that.
0: Well, there's like a social element to it that you wouldn't necessarily, like if you think about reading mm-hmm. or a library, typically the first thought is like, this is a private experience. Right. I'm going in. Quiet, yeah, right. it's quiet. And that lady definitely has a bun in her hair. <laughs> and there may be a cat lurking somewhere. Some glasses. <laughs> yeah. You know, a tasteful poster or two. Um <laughs> really the best, really the most tasteful posters. <laughs> but it's that moment when, you and I just had this the other day. I forgot what was, I'm mentoring meeting, Mm -hmm. it was for two seconds, Yes, but you asked another colleague a question about a picture that you saw about a dog, Mm -hmm. and then you said, oh, I just read a book with a dog named 630, and I knew you were talking about lessons in chemistry. That's right. And I have read it multiple times. I know. I asked you if you watched the show, and you said, no, I would never ruin the book, which is interesting. I'd like to dive deeper into that later if we have time.
2: Um, I just love that that Katie just mouthed multiple times. Um, Multiple times. I have. I loved it. are you a multiple-time <laughs> reader? Never. Never? Oh. No. Are you a multiple-time reader? Always. Not yeah, always, always. But always, I am never. I am. Never. I am never. A multiple time reader. Although I understand that lot, I've learned that lots of people do it and also learned that it can be very calming for Comfort. people with anxiety oh. because it's that same connection with literature, but you know what's coming. Yeah. You know, where as apparently I seek out anxiety <laughs> because I've never, um, I've never reread. I feel like there's so many books in the world. Yeah. I need to keep it pushing.
0: I'm usually that way too, but I read the book. I watched the series. Mm-hmm. The series gave me the same feeling as the book and I craved more of that feeling. And so I went back to it. Why do you read a book more than once?
1: It's it is that definite comfort level. It's like putting on a blanket and okay. snuggling up. It I only do it with books that I really love and it's cozy and I just like I almost look this well, I'm a librarian. I can handle yes. you can <laughs> this. Um, but you know, you like look forward to some of the lines and some of the scenes and it it's just like a it's a hug.
0: It's similar to watching a movie that you love Absolutely. more than once mm-hmm. you know and it's like the same there's some movies especially this time of year that we're watching with our family and our kids are like why do you and dad know like everyone, <laughs> could you stop because it's amazing and Like because it's i don't know it's like fulfilling it's like a thing that predictability is probably part of it mm-hmm. but it's also familiarity like when someone says the line and you look at him you're like
2: i know what you're talking about exactly <laughs> and i should probably like addend because i actually do Read. I, I mean, I read. I read picture books for a living, so obviously I reread. But but you're right. When when a, when a class comes in and I pick up a book and show it to them, and they're like, "Oh, we've read that one." I'm like, "But you haven't read it with me, you yeah. know, you know, and we haven't read it together like this." Challenge and so, accepted. Yeah, <laughs> you haven't heard it till you've heard it from me. But yeah, no, it, you you do. I do say to kids, "This is like your favorite movie. This is like your favorite song." And and I suppose, uh, although it doesn't work for me, you can apply it to books. This is like your favorite book, and I love that you said. It. It's like a, it's like a hug. It is. And, and, and,
1: and a really great book, you discover
2: something new every single oh, time. Oh, sure, mm-hmm. sure. And the language, you're right. I mean, I am a, a, an absolute sucker for language, M- music lyrics, uh, poignant lines, and, and you're mm-hmm. right. I, that is one of the places that digital reading has served me because I, I'm not really a bright in the book person. Um, although I really have a lot of respect for an- people who annotate in their own books, but um, I really enjoy like the features in like, mm. for, for instance, for Sora Yeah, and I highlight. Students. Highlighting All things, or things. you know, you can. I think this is super helpful for anyone try, when you're reading. Being able to define a, a word as you see it, you know, there's. I mean, I like to think of myself as pretty learned, but there are things I've come across in print where I'm like, oh, okay, that's a that's a new one to stick in the in the word bag. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Language, I think, and it it also speaks to I think the emotional connection too, because mm-hmm. I think if you if, if you connect books to favorite songs to favorite movies, you probably connect them to something you were going through, Mm -hmm. an emotional state. Oh, I read this when I'm feeling this way. I listen to this when I'm feeling this way. I watch this when I'm feeling this way. Mm -hmm. That's just kind of like a general human experience. Mm -hmm. Um, And it it says so much about expression and how we have a human need to let the world know how we're feeling and tell a story, whether it's Mm -hmm. fiction or, or nonfiction.
1: I love when kids come in and they ask for a book and they're like, my dad really loved this book and he thought I might like it too. Or my parent read this when they were in my grade and they, yeah. you know, like just even outside of school connections with family through books right. uh, is really, I love when that happens. That's right, cool. yeah. And
2: that's, I, I mean, if that's, if there's something that families who are wondering about encouraging reading in their kids might consider is, you know, are you modeling? Like, are you, are you modeling reading? in your home, you know, and, and we've talked about that before too. You might mm-hmm. see us scrolling on our phone and you might look over our shoulder and realize we're in the middle of a, of oh. a chapter, a chapter. Right. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, having print material available, like a, a, a in your, in your home and having kids see you reading. And when we say print material, I think I've had, I've had families come and say, Oh, uh, come and say to me like, Oh, can you give a recommendation? He, all he's reading are, are magazines. I'm like, Magazines are fabulous. Like, you know, you're you're gonna read, you're gonna be motivated to read by the things that speak to you that that you are connecting with. So if it happens to be a magazine that is focused on a particular topic that's very interesting to the child, I wouldn't worry too much about, well, they're not getting enough, yeah. you know, science fiction in their lives. Right. <laughs>
0: that's not yeah, reading, their is bad. reading. Yeah. They, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we could for sure go on and on. I think it's yes. pretty easy for us to have a conversation. I want you to think about A favorite book to read to students, because with your point about read aloud, when I was a teacher, that was always my favorite thing. And whether it was first grade, fourth grade, or sixth grade that I taught, the same thing happened every time it was time for read aloud. Yes. (laughs) And then when it was exactly cliffhanger, (laughs) that's all for today. It was like keep going, Uh, and that's when you know you've got them. Yes. So favorite read aloud book, favorite book that you've read. Okay.
1: You can't do that to a library. I know.
0: I, well, a we'll favorite. say in, okay. this,
2: in this moment yes. in time. Yes, yes. All right. Um, and it you. might change 50, like 30 minutes from now when right. I have... Fair. Yeah. Um, I would say that one of my favorite read-alouds um, happens with my second graders. It's a book uh, called Goony Bird Green. Oh, um, Yeah, a good one. it's a really good one. <laughs> um, I love it because she's in second grade. I love it because she is coming in new to the school. I love it because she is telling stories to her classmates. There are ways that you can, and her stories are um, absolutely true. She always says, but are always wordplay. Like um, there's a chapter where her, she tells the kids they're always, it's always uh uh, Goony Bird Green, um, how her cat was consumed by a cow. <laughs> and the kids are like, what? <laughs> that story. And when you read through, you realize that her cat has fallen in love with a cow. Oh. So he's consumed by the cow. Oh. You know, and they love that. They love catching on that there's those little word plays going to happen all through this. So now they're trying to th- listen and think she came to town on a flying carpet. What happened? You know, and so that's uh, that one's a lot of fun. And I, I really enjoy reading that one. And then for myself um i have only recently come back to adult fiction this has been this has been a a real we've been moment of joy about this. for my colleagues yes. yeah <laughs> uh, because uh everybody loves knowing that other people are reading and they're going to be able to tell you something to read next so i've only recently come back to this world because i spent a lot of time just like thinking well i have to read a lot of picture books i have to read a lot of like um early chapter books i'm so i'm gonna i'll find my uh reading kick somewhere else other than adult fiction but um I uh have a commute to Winnetka, mm-hmm. and so I have time in the car and have picked up audiobooks and the one that absolutely was like I cannot wait to get back in the car I cannot wait to hear this again uh was uh, Demon Copperhead oh, by Barbara yeah. Kingsolver um which was I mean its praises were have been sung over the it's it's over a year ago that it really was yeah. this big but um it's it. I love that. I loved the story, very American uh, Appalachia setting, uh, and then the fact that the author had taken David Copperfield mm-hmm. as an inspiration. Mm-hmm. It was just. I thought it was amazing. the mm-hmm. The voice in that story, the narrative, it was fantastic. So I, it was again. I feel really moved by that. And always happy to see someone go. Oh, yeah. when I mentioned it, I like, "No, you know. yeah, no, yeah." It was yeah. fantastic.
1: You kind of stole my. Oh. No, you didn't steal my book, okay. but yeah. the experience, and it's funny because my. Favorite book that I've read recently is Hello, Beautiful by Ann N. I, I don't know how to say it. I know, one, right? and it's on my list, my audio book Oh, list. I told you about you it. it is did. Yes. Um, but it is actually a modern retelling, or not retelling, but a twist of Little Women. And oh. it takes place in Evanston and Pilsen. Oh, um, so fantastic.
0: I'm it this It is list.
1: amazing. I made my mom read it. Um, and I. it's so funny. I had a friend who had recommended it to me. And we both started bawling in the exact same spot. I was like, I just, I just sent her the, the quote that just sent me into tears. I'm not, I'm not a crier, <laughs> but this book, uh, it, oh, it gutted me in, in the
2: very best way. It was I am great. finishing up black cake. And then that's the next one I'm going okay. to okay. No pressure, yeah. but
1: pressure. <laughs> um, I would say that the read aloud, you know, you don't get to do those as much in, um, at Washburn, but I've been reading aloud the first chapter of a book called The Perfect Mile, which is an adult nonfiction book about the race to um, be the first person to run a mile in four minutes or less. And uh, students have just recently done the mile in KW. uh, And so they connect with when they talk about um, and I, I make sure to emphasize, you know, the beauty of running in this. You know, the mile is just—it's uh, unparalleled, like, right. and, and just their <laughs> like, world of sport, they're, <laughs> right? But they're—I mean, it's just something so out of their realm. You know, like a nonfiction book. Why are you reading that aloud? And and um, and they just connect in such a funny way that I love that response yeah yeah that's a cool that's a cool strategy
2: if because you don't have them regularly you can't I mean I know I'll like you said it can be episodic when you're reading to the kids mm-hmm. so you you know you stop and you know you'll be back in a week you ha- don't have that but what a cool thing like it's almost like a like a hook like here I'm gonna read first chapter and and then it's gonna, gonna be up to you to decide if more kids have checked
1: out that book than I would
2: have ever expected I bet that's
0: really yes. cool Well, thank you both. That time went by really quick. But I think, you know, the takeaway here is just, I mean, we even saw it just in this conversation, like with. It's that spark. I'm like, oh, you know what I'm talking about? We can talk about this. <laughs> we can do this. Even if we only have a few minutes, it's just a way to connect people. But I think when you see that with kids, too, yeah. when they come into your space and they're excited and it's kind of like it just evens the playing field. I Deeply think. gratifying. Yeah, mm-hmm. what a gift. And also, you know, to have it be part of your job, to create a cozy space for people to feel welcome and invited. Like,
2: what a nice part I of it. I hope nice. none of our colleagues end up listening to this and being very jealous of, <laughs> of, of the best job in school. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty great.
0: Also, a good takeaway if you don't know what an axolotl is, you better yes. Google it. Yes. Or come over to Woods. Woods,
2: yeah. Yeah. we got you.
0: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, Liz and Katie, thank you so much. Thank it's, you for having me. Thank us. you for having me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Good time of year to cozy up with a book and it is. got a few new recommendations. So thank you. Ooh. Yes.